the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show Hour 2. Good to be with you. It's Wednesday and we're on every, each and every weekday from 3 to 5. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Have you ever been in a position where you would have made a different different decision but for the idea that you might lose your job or you might lose the sale or you might lose money one way or another, but where you felt like the best decisions aren't being made because there is a financial uh, thing going on? Uh, here was Elon Musk being interviewed, and he had an interesting thing to say to uh, journalist David Farber. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the, the scene in The Princess Bride. Great movie. Great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says... I, Offer me money. Offer me power. I don't care. See, you just don't care. You want to share what you have to say? I'll say what I want to say, and if, 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 uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Elon okay. Musk is taking Twitter uh, in a direction where what he's claiming is he's supporting free speech and he wants to have a platform where people on all sides can share ideas and disagree and talk about that. And that was a big part of this interview. And the question was, are, you've lost some advertisers and you have lost people uh, because of maybe some of the things you say. Because sometimes Elon Musk gets into it. You know, he tweets some stuff that I'm surprised that he's saying anything about one way or another. And he gives this interesting answer. He thinks through it, and he says, you know, um, if it causes us to lose money, I don't care. Now, for Elon Musk, that's an easy thing to say, I think, maybe not from a pride standpoint, but he's a multi-billionaire. You know, if his $44 billion, with a B, billion-dollar investment, were to be completely lost and he lost all of that money, you know, Elon Musk would still be fine. You know, he, he would be fine, and he would drop down a couple of notches on the world's richest people list, but he'd be fine. Right. It's it's interesting to me, actually, that more people who are rich at that level, especially or even, you know, even partly what he has um, still suffer from the fear of losing money for speaking out on different things or for making decisions that they personally would believe is the right thing. But they won't do it because of fear. Have you been in that situation? Are there things that you would say? And I want to be careful about the question I'm asking, because the the. Easy question to ask is, if money were no object, you know, what would you do differently? Well, most people would quit, right? Most people would go on vacation. Most people would do uh, something else and probably blow all the money, and then money would become an object again. But let's just take this from the idea that 
if you could remove your fear of losing your job or your fear of losing your source of income, whatever it is, where by doing the right thing, by making the right decision, you might lose advertisers or you might lose church people or you might lose, um, you know, some kind of credibility among some particular group. What do you do to get there to not care? If you had that experience and reached a place where you suddenly didn't care, where you suddenly felt like, you know what, I'm not going to be beholden to whether or not I make a profit here. I'm going to do the right thing. 888-528-2557. And I wonder how that turned out for you. You know, I can tell you what, as a, as a pastor, you know, your pastor deals with that, right? Churches have budgets, and uh, maybe some of you think that uh, churches are rolling in the cash, but most of them are not. Right? There's some that uh, do quite well, but most churches are barely making it. Most churches are not paying the pastor very much. Most churches uh, are unable to offer really good um, you know, benefits, and many churches, they don't offer retirement. That's why you've got you know, 95-year-old pastors uh, still going because they can't quit. You know, there's a lot of, and you should, by the way, offer retirement to your pastor. You need to do that because when he's 95, you you needed him to quit a long time ago. Even though, no matter how much you love him, right, you you need a younger guy at that point. There's a pastor friend of mine. um, The number, by the way, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You know, at some point, the right decision is to step back and let somebody else lead, right? But it's hard if you need the money. It's hard if you aren't prepared for that. And uh, this pastor friend of mine, you know, he was 95, and he kept saying, he kept saying that uh, he knows he needs to go, and the church really needed him to go. He's beloved, right? So everybody loved him, but the church wasn't really going anywhere as far as moving forward in the kingdom of God. And he kept saying, "Well, I'm looking for my Joshua." And I finally said, "I got to tell you something. Your Joshua's dead. He's already died of something. He's already old. You need to go. You got to find your Gideon, or you got to find, you know, your." your Boaz, you need somebody else later in the story. You know, you need to go find your David. You know, you, Joshua's long gone. And he kind of laughed. And a poor guy, he went out and he found his, uh, what he called his Joshua. And uh, then uh, that Joshua did die and he had to come back. Um, you never know, right? But have you been in that situation? Do we Are we driven by the fear of losing money? 888-528-2557, 888 you know, there are businesses right now that make decisions that are costing them a lot of money, but they must have made the decision thinking they were going to make money. So Bud Light gets involved in the transgender controversy because they put uh, that guy on their can, and they have lost in two months $5 billion, 23% of their sales are down because of one marketing decision. And they stepped into something that, and then they insulted all their customers, right? Because the marketing agent came on and said, uh, well, you know, all of our customers are, you know, you know, a bunch of frat boys and, uh, you know, we want other people, uh, which I thought that's kind of interesting to insult your, your customer base um, and then try to get people to drink the beer who are probably not going to drink the beer anyway. Right. Um, other groups have been doing that. Sports Illustrated has put four people on the swimsuit issue. And I'm not telling you to run out there and buy it. All right. Is that I'm surprised it's actually still a uh, magazine, Sports Illustrated. I mean, I had it as a kid. Right. Sports Illustrated. And I had the you know, but there was no Internet. Right. Sports Illustrated was awesome. And, um, you know, and to be, you know, truthful about it, there was that swimsuit issue edition that you always hoped for as the junior hired to get to the mail before mom did uh, to make sure you got that issue, 
Okay, so that's still going on, apparently. Uh, I'm not running out to get that. Um, they put four people on it, but one of the women on it is trans. And Sports Illustrated is in trouble right now because of that. And I'm, uh, But I'm, I'm not talking about the trans issue right now, but I am talking about the idea of why, why did you do something that you have to know is going to cost you money? I don't think you do know, right? I don't think Bud Light had, you know, Anheuser-Busch had any idea that their brand might just collapse because of that. And I'm wondering what will happen here to Sports Illustrated. I feel like the people who want that magazine want it for a particular reason. They also put Martha Stewart on one of them. They used to always have one cover person, and it was like the big deal, whoever got chosen for that. But uh, one model for that. And Martha Stewart, who's in her 80s, who's on there. You know, uh, good, for, good for her. I'm not sure that's selling magazines, but it might, right? But I think that fear drives these. I think that fear drives these decisions. Fear in these cases of, you know, being seen as not on board with the whatever reason, the far left agenda on that, that there is. And I don't know why that fear works, because I don't think it works. You know, I don't, I don't think that it's actually helping. But our corporations seem to think that they need to jump on board with different things. And I think it hurts more than it helps. But I think they should know that. I think it's fear. I think it's the fear of these people won't like us if I make this decision whatever these people means. And that, it means something completely different for, for different groups. And, you know, speaking from a church standpoint, there are decisions that churches should make and they don't make them because they're afraid that maybe the person who's the big giver in church isn't going to like it and therefore we won't make the decision. Or the person who, or a group of people who are in the church won't, you know, like this direction, and so we won't do it because they're the givers or they're the powerful ones or whatever. That happens in any organization. It happens in your company, right? Sometimes we don't make decisions that we ought to make because we're afraid of losing the money. Have you had that that uh, situation, and and how did it work out for you? How did you resolve it? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Caesar in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Caesar. How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm great. I just wanted to make a comment regarding um, the the, quest, the interview with uh, Elon Musk. Yeah. Where he said that he didn't that he didn't um, that he didn't care, but the, the 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 whole interview was really because he made a comment uh, on his Twitter that he didn't that he called George Soros uh, a tyrant. Yeah, he's, he has um, come out, and, and George Soros is a longtime uh, Democratic far-left donor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's in the, he lives in the world of Elon Musk as far as income goes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to make a comment regarding that, just that, you know, like, I, I like the full story, why, why did... Elon Musk say that. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Elon Musk has made... Yeah, appreciate that. Um, Elon Musk has made lots of comments on Twitter that sort of raise some eyebrows. Some you might agree with, some you might not. He's arguing that you should be able to say that, and then the financial thing was, I don't really care if it costs us money, things need to be said. Um, Thank you for your call, Caesar. Appreciate that. Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Uh, 
Elon Musk has been criticized because he has allowed some conspiracy theories onto Twitter. And I'm on Twitter pretty regularly, so there's certain things that get said that are not true. So he's under attack because what he did was he uncovered when he bought Twitter, he also started releasing the internal memos that had to do with uh, particularly under the COVID, if you want to do a bunch of reading that will enlighten you to what happens with censorship and the media and the government. Well, Twitter was in the middle of it. It's called the Twitter files. And there are people who don't like what's there and they're attacking it. But there's a lot of receipts in the Twitter files. There's the these are emails from government officials saying, do not publish this. And it turned out to be right. So the one of the big issues was the uh, Hunter Biden laptop in the during the 2020 election, where Twitter uh, decided, and this was before Elon Musk had it, decided to agree with the government that this was Russian disinformation. And so they censored everybody who was um, talking about that laptop. Here's Elon talking about that issue. You know, you do some tweets that seem to be, or at least give support to some who would call others conspiracy theories. Well, yes, but I mean, honestly, you know, we, we, some of these conspiracy theories uh, have turned out to be true. Which ones? Well, like the the Hunter Biden laptop. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that 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 was a pretty big deal. There was Twitter and 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 others engaged in active suppression of information that was relevant to the public. Um, that's that's a that's a terrible thing that happened. That's election right. interference. So one of the things Elon Musk is trying to argue is that you need to have more open speech. Um, because some of the things that were censored, it's not just that. There's a lot of the COVID stuff. Like you were censored if you suggested that uh, the virus came uh, out of a lab leak. We haven't proven that one way or the other. But right now, today, the FBI and the Department of Energy, which is actually the right department, oddly enough, to talk about that, they say that it most likely came from that. So the interesting thing is you were told you were a conspiracy theorist and a bad person and banned from that app for saying stuff about that. And you turned out to be right. Now, there's a whole lot of conspiracy theories that were on that app, and there still are. Lots of people, they just say stuff, and it's completely not true. Um, so the the hard thing when it comes to free speech is where do you draw the line and where does censorship come into? What Elon Musk says and some other people is that, well, you're better off letting people say it and then refute it than telling them they can't say it, and then they turn out to be right, and then a bunch of decisions get made uh, based on false information that you called, you know, misinformation that turned out to actually be the correct information. That's one of the hard things, right, is who decides what's misinformation. And the deciders of that, as we've seen in the last three years, have been wrong a lot of the time. And so that's part of that that argument there. Whether or not Elon Musk should be involved in that personally as the uh, he's the CEO, he's passing that on. He's going to be a chief operating officer, I think. Um, but you know, is the question. But what I want to get to for us is have you been in a situation where you get to a place where whatever fears you have about income, whatever fears you have about reputation, whatever fears you have about negative ramifications to a decision that you know is the right decision to make, have you reached the point where you decided, I don't care, I'm going to make the decision anyway? And how did that work out for you? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, and this is another Pastor Scott from Orange. Pastor Scott, welcome to Pastor Scott. This is Pastor Scott. 
Hello, Pastor. God bless you. Well, God bless you. More than ever, right at this moment, this is the Pastor Scott Show. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be on it. I am going to talk about retirement of the pastors. Yeah. Because this is really a dilemma most pastors are dealing with. Yes. In my case, I did not retire. Even I got called in 2005, older in age, but I stayed running a business. Mm-hmm. So thank God I did not retire. If not, I will be right now broke completely, not even enough with the inflation, right. with the higher prices. It's impossible to go buy a house or... Yeah even put a food on the table. Yeah. But I thought about one day, if there is like a firm to do a retirement for these pastors, and each one of them, each church, to put some money on the side for each pastor, when it comes to retirement, this firm as investment to stop paying these pastors. Mm-hmm. That would be an awesome idea, in my opinion. You know, there are a lot of firms who do that. A lot of denominations, they have um, pastor and missionary retirement boards um, and organizations. There's actually quite a few of them. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like, the whole country, the whole whole states, not just individual. Any pastor could uh, put money for retirement. And that will help him on the long run. Uh-huh. See, I'm talking about, like, a complete company to take any pastor who want to be in. Even that, uh, each one, it has, like, every denomination does that sometimes. Some big churches does that. But yeah. the small churches, small people, they are lost. It's very hard in a smaller church to uh, offer That's- that care you know, the retirement to uh, the pastor. That's right. right. That is really uh, break your heart. Then you are forced as a minister of the, love of, of the love of God in your heart just to pass that pastor. You have to go start helping him. You, even you are in, in need, you need to go help that pastor again. So that is really a very hard subject to deal with. I have opened five churches. And I give them to people I mentor. Yeah. But on the long run, without my business, I'll be on the street, to be honest with you. Yeah, yep, I understand. There's a lot of pastors who are in that same situation. And what some people don't know, I don't know what the case is with you, but there's an IRS uh, ability with the IRS for pastors to opt out of Social Security, meaning you don't pay into the Social Security system. but the And you have to Uh, do it. You know, legally, you have to do it by conscientious objection, like that you're opposed to this sort of system. The problem is, is that if you opt out, that means you don't get Social Security. So if you didn't save for, you know, retirement, you get nothing. You don't even get Social Security. And uh, there's a lot of pastors who thought they would save for retirement and then they didn't. And uh, they're in bad shape. There is people come from other countries, and when they reach 65, they start taking Social Security and Medicare. Mm-hmm. That is just really bothering me. And right here, you are 
serving God, serving the people, serving the country. You know, yeah. a servant of God, he served the country more than a person served the country. You believe it or not? Yeah. Better than a servant. I'm going to, in, in Pastor Scott, yeah. I'm going to have to go to a break um, here in just a second. But here, here's my question. That's okay. But here's my question on this, though, is shouldn't churches um, take this into consideration whenever they're hiring a pastor? I know it's hard and salary is hard. In California, it's ridiculous. Um, but for a long time, churches didn't make the decision to support their pastors, and then their pastors get older and they find themselves in this terrible position. Uh, I feel like this is an issue. I got to go to a break and just hear a second here, but I feel like thanks for calling Pastor Scott and any Pastor Scott is welcome to call the Pastor Scott show. Um, And also Pastor, whatever it is, you can call the Pastor Scott show. You know, I think somewhere there's a decision. You know, what I'm getting at with that is sometimes churches, I think, just don't think about it, right? It's, It's not there. But I think sometimes people are afraid or even people are afraid to make a decision for um, in their companies about, do I offer retirement to my staff? Do I offer retirement to the people who work here? Those kinds of things. And is it driven by fear? Fear of, I won't be able to stay open if I do that? Sometimes the books would probably tell you that's true. But I wonder how much of that goes to help retain good employees. And that long-term, maybe you even make money. It's not really about retirement so much that we're talking about. So let me just reiterate um, Elon Musk said that um, he's open for free speech and he wants to say what he wants. And if it costs Twitter advertisers or money, he doesn't care. Easy for him to say he's a multi-billionaire. Um, have you been in a situation where you would lose money if you did the right thing or did something that you felt like was right? And you finally decided to go ahead and take that risk. How did that turn out for you? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Chris and Gus, I see your calls and others. I'll get your calls as soon as we return as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. You know, I'm reminded of... Uh, The scene in The Princess Bride. Great movie. Great movie. Um, Where he confronts the person who killed his father. And he says, Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Now! Offer me money. Yes. Power to promise me that. All that I have and more. Please. Offer me everything I ask for. Anything you want. I want my father back. That was Elon Musk referring to that scene in The Princess Bride. And uh, he gets to the place where he says, I don't care if I lose advertisers. I don't care if I lose money. Um, What matters is what's important to me. And in his case, it's not that his father died. It's the idea of having free speech on the platform. And it got me thinking about how are we in our own lives, wherever we're at, controlled by the fear of losing money, meaning that if we make a decision that we believe to be the right decision, if we make a decision that we believe to be something that God wants us to do, are we not making that decision because we're afraid of losing money? We're afraid of maybe losing our job or or losing some kind of benefit or maybe even losing our ability to um, 
to to have relationships with people. What do you think? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Chris, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Hi, Chris. Uh, just for the purposes of this call, I'm, my name is Chris, but I want to identify as a Pastor Scott. Okay, all right. Everybody can be Pastor Scott today. All right. It's the Pastor Scott <laughs> okay. Show. We'll just call everybody Pastor Scott. Yeah, so what really struck me about this is that you know, we live, and this is this includes Christians, we live in a society where we cultivate a dependence upon ourselves. Um, in fact, most Christians kind of set their lives up uh, so they never really need God to show up. You know, I got this. I got the rent. I got a good job. I got everything I need. Don't really need anything. You can go solve, you know, problems in India somewhere. But the problem with that is it also cultivates the sense that you are totally responsible for everything that happens in life. And therefore, when you're confronted with an issue like this, a challenge, uh, are you going to do the right thing? And even though you can directly see how it's going to cost you consequences, people get, they find that they've, they've grown a crop of fear along with all that responsibility. And I'll tell you where, you know, I've been thinking of an incident where this might have happened. This happens every single time I write out a tithe check. Huh. <laughs> I'm writing out a bunch of money that I could definitely use. In fact, I was thinking if I took all that money that I paid in tithe every month and put it in my own IRA with an interest account, you know, it could be equal to what I have as a retirement. But yet I risk that. And here's the thought that goes in my mind that, all right, God, you got to back me up. You know, I'm yeah. going to stick myself out there in this tiny little incremental way where I'm not relying upon the own, my own wisdom or an identifiable way that I'm going to be compensated for what I'm about to do. I'm just throwing this to the wind, mm. and I'm just going to see what happens. And I'll tell you, as in my life, I can testify that as I've done this time and time again, your shoes don't wear out in the desert. Your car yeah. doesn't need to get fixed. I mean, there's so many ways that God covers you and, uh, and in miraculous ways. And the best part of all of that is you end up feeling this confidence of relationship with the living God grow when you extend yourself in an area of risk to do the right thing, even though by your own accounting, you think it's going to cost you something. That's right. And you know what you're explaining? It's hard to explain it to people. I was going to ask you, but then you went there already, Chris, that as you tithe, you're thinking, I could put this money in my 401k and I'd make so much more with it. But what I found and what I hear from, I found this myself and for other people, not just giving money, but just doing the right thing at different times is that the odd thing is it seems to pay off. It it seems like, like you said, my shoes last longer my car doesn't break down. Uh, it seems that, as the Bible says, I'm taken care of because I'm acting in faith. And you'll never, you'll never experience that unless you actually That's do right. it. That's right. You won't experience it. it. And, and to make it clear, we're not saying that uh, God's going to make you rich. Right. That uh, that's there's people who teach that. That's not what the Bible says. But the Bible does say, you know, the Proverbs writer, it's almost says, you know, whoever gives to the lens and gives to the poor lends to the Lord lends is the term. It's the idea that you get paid back. You don't get a Ferrari, but that you get to do what God wants you to do. Uh, Chris, thank you for your calling the Pastor Scott show. Um, You bet. And uh, Pastor Scott, Chris from Whittier. Uh, You know, James 4, 7 says, whoever knows 
the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And I think we feel that. I felt that sometimes when I have not done what, you know, in a small thing even, what the right thing to do is. When I know, hey, God would like me to make this decision. But for whatever reason, out of fear or out of, you know, you know self-doubt or other things, you don't. You immediately know it was the wrong decision. At least I've had that experience. And whenever I have decided, you know what, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to do this. And I'm going to do it because I think God wants me to do it. Whatever has been the case, I found that most of the time it works out great for me, actually. But even when it hasn't, I've just, you know, it, it has later. And I've always felt good about making the decision that I know God wanted me to make. And I've never felt good about not making that decision. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. Gus in Rancho. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Rancho what? You're, there's many ranchos. Rancho, this is Rancho Cucamonga, Rancho California. Cucamonga. All right. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show, Gus. Thank you, Pastor Scott. You know, a very interesting topic. Uh, you know, we have to think about what is it that we're teaching our kids? What are we leaving as a legacy? And this makes me think of uh, you know, times back with the Civil Rights Movement and how a lot of businesses uh, were afraid of integration because they might lose money. They were you know, afraid that they were afraid that like white people wouldn't show up if they opened yes. up their doors. Yeah, you know. I remember a particular movie. I can't recall the name, where a gentleman who owned a gas station uh, changed his mind about integration. All of a sudden, started allowing everybody to buy gas, and all of a sudden, his gas station was empty. But mm. then the black community came to the rescue, and they started going and telling people to go to his gas station. You know, I think that's the way things can happen. When you do the right thing, God is going to come through for you. And they're going to show you that it's not worth it, you know, putting things aside for money, you know, and compromising. Yep. So thank you so much for this topic. You're welcome, David. And people should be encouraged to, oops, I just hung up on the, oh, no, I didn't. I hung up on the right guy. I thought I hung up on the wrong person. I thought I was going to have to put myself in the uh, Pastor Scott uh what do we call it? We can't really call it the Pastor Scott Jail. We need a we need a name for the Pastor Scott Show. We used to have the, the SoCal Live Jail or something, but we'll figure that out. Man, it's probably a dangerous <laughs> conversation. Anyway, yeah, but I didn't have to. I didn't hang up on the wrong person. All right, uh, 888-528-2557. David and Mission Viejo, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, my name is David, and I just wanted to, first of all, thank God for all that he provides for me mm -hmm. every day. I was a high school teacher, and after 19 years, I was told that uh, they wanted me to coach. And I said, I have no interest in coaching. I don't, I'm not qualified. Um, no thanks. Two days later, they came in and shut my program down. And, uh, I didn't have a, 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 a class anymore. Hmm. Uh, so I took an unpaid leave of absence for a year. Took the second year unpaid. But a month after I, uh, um, I, I quit teaching the first year, my house burned down. Oh, my gosh. So God, God provided me income because I worked on the house and, and worked as a supervisor and got the house rebuilt in four months. Um. But anyway, um, so then I was given a new assignment, 
Um, at, at first, they wanted me to teach something else that was completely unrelated and uh, not in my um, uh, credentialing, and I refused it. And so that's why I took the unpaid leave of absence. Um, two years later, they gave me another assignment, which I was curious about and took it. One of part of one of the classes was in my minor, but anyway, um, my whole pro, uh, my whole plan was to go in and uh, drop off books and uh, seating the chart and make it up, and then I'll walk out and leave the keys, and I've never looked back. And at least I could start my uh, insurance program over again. But after the first day, I thought, gee, this is pretty easy. And I stayed 19 years longer. Mm. And anyway, my whole thing, though, during that 19 years is I used to say to other teachers who would maybe comment about me standing up for my religious beliefs or saying something in class like that, that, you know, would... would, uh, cause a problem. And I said, well, what can they do? Fire me? And I really was serious about that, that I had, you know, no intentions of doing anything wrong, but still I was not afraid of standing up for my beliefs. And that matters. And you feel good about that, don't you? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes we do have hardship and persecution for a period of time. But at the end of the day, when you know you did the right thing, David, you know that uh, it's the, it, you are right with the Lord, and he is going to take care that, of you. That's right. And he does fail. Yeah. David, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show today. Thank you very much. All right. This is the Pastor Scott Show. I will come back for your calls. Uh, Melanie, I see your call. Plus, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers have stepped into some controversy, and they're trying to step out of the controversy uh, with respect to a particular group they invited to uh, honor there at the stadium. We'll share that when we come back as the Wednesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. Final segment of the day. We're on each and every day from 3 to 5. The number is 888-528-2557. We're talking about decisions you make in life where you finally realize that the fear that you have of losing money or losing clients, losing advertisers, you know, or losing, you know, something even could be relationships or your job, something that it's worth making the right decision anyway. And where you finally got to that point. And it was inspired by uh, Elon Musk, who uh, said earlier today, he was asked about losing advertisers because of some of his policies on the Twitter machine. And he said, well, if it means I lose money, uh, I don't care. Uh, you know, for him, that's easy, right? He could walk away and he, he has enough money for generations of his family, right? There's, there's, I don't want to say it's easy. People all have pride and the money doesn't always mean that, but obviously he's in a situation where the money doesn't matter to him personally, uh, reality for, but for most of us, you know, we get in places in our life where it matters. And I think there's some fear that even companies have about things. The Dodgers are Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, have a uh, Pride Night coming up, and uh, it's an annual thing. They've been doing that about 11 years. 
Um, but they invited a group uh, to Pride Night that they're now kicking out. And this is a controversy that's uh, brewing right now. It's the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And what it is is it's a uh, queer group that um, they do some charity work, apparently. But what they actually are doing is mocking Catholics and Christians. And uh, it's pretty harsh. And so the Dodgers receive a lot of criticism from different people be, by inviting this group to be a part of their night. And the Dodgers actually uh, caved, and they, they have uninvited this group uh, now. Uh, the Catholic League, uh, some senators and politicians said, you can't have a group that in your inclusion night that doesn't, you know, that is mocking uh, Christians and Catholics is the idea. Uh, and the Dodgers ultimately, I guess, agreed with that. I think that these whole things, though, everything that's related to that subject somehow is fear related in corporations, right? That somehow there is this movement in corporations where rather than be a baseball team for everybody, where everybody should be able to buy a ticket and sit where they want and wherever they afford the ticket, that we feel pressure to make decisions that from a business standpoint may not even be good decisions. I'm guessing the Dodgers didn't actually know in this case, and then they found out, which uh, often happens. Have you been in a situation where you finally had to do the right thing or get over the fear of making a decision that you know you should make? 888-528-2557. Melanie, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi there. Hi, Thank Melanie. you. Yeah. So my situation involved the financial services uh, world, and I have been in that world for over 25 years. And having to leave as a single mom uh, was putting all my faith in God, not having another job lined up. But I felt that what my boss was doing was unethical. And uh, even though I went to HR, they stood by her. And I thought, wow, this is really bad. And so I took that step, leap of faith. Long story short, I ended up resigning. Uh, without another job lined up. And I felt like Indiana Jones taking that step out in the wilderness, not seeing that there was a bridge Mm. to the other side of the mountain. And God was with me. He provided me a better job, a wonderful boss. And I look back now and think, wow, I really suffered staying there. But sometimes you need to experience things in order uh, to see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. That's right. And um, I thank God that he provided a way out for me. And, you know, I think it's something that you can learn and share with people is that sometimes either you make a decision that costs you your job or something, or sometimes things happen to you that you didn't expect. You got fired, right? There's always something else, you know, that there is yeah. a, you may not know what that is, but there is a plan. There is something for you. And usually it's better. Especially when when we're doing the right thing, like you said, you find out something that's coming is going to be better. Uh, Yeah, so if anybody out there is experiencing whatever hardship you're experiencing, keep your faith and your eyes on God and just hold on. Absolutely. And keep doing the right thing. Life is a roller coaster ride. That's right. Uh, Melanie, thank you so much for your call and calling the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. Hank in West Covina, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Thank you. I hope this will encourage uh, someone. Um, I used to battle with that with with, with tithing. Uh, I'm not a homeowner, and I'm not you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like just kind of 
just my head above the water, but the Lord has shown me uh, four different, at least four situations where he's come through, like, obviously he was making, uh, like, showing me. And one time I was in the church and um, uh, my gas tank was on, like, in the red, and I only had $8 on me, and I and I knew I was going to use it for gas so I could at least get back home. And uh, and so they were passing the, the you know, the, the, the for the tithing, and I was fighting it and fighting it, and I couldn't understand why it just kept tugging on me to put the money in and put the money in. I kept fighting like, well, you know, I need, you know, I need the gas. And I, so I, 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 I did it. And then when they had the, uh, you know, meet your neighbor stuff, uh, a lady about 15 chairs away from me, quite a ways, made her, pushed her way through the crowd, an older lady. And she says, I just wanted to, 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 you know, to meet you and, and bless you. And I didn't know what she was talking about. And, um, I was afraid to shake her hand because she had what looked like a big tissue, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't want to. Yeah. It turns out when I got back to my chair, it was a wad of money, and I couldn't believe it, and I, I, I you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And then there was another time where uh, um, I, I usually, you know, kind of, I, I'm over the, the fighting this part now. That's my point of giving money to, you know, when people approach at the gas stations and things like that. And uh, one time I was at the fast food, and a, a guy it looked like a transient came was in, in a wheelchair and they opened the door for him and I thought okay I says here goes again another you know another need and I and I kind of beat him to the, the punch he, he put his hand out and so did I and he shook my hand and he also put money in my hand hmm. and this has happened at least four times and, and and I've really so now I tithe even though you know I'm I'm just 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 you know like I said just barely you know, if anyone's got a, you know, a, a worldly reason to not to, I am. But I, 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 I really enjoy now giving above and beyond, you know, 10% and stuff. And, and I get a great joy. And, and God just just random just does these things where he says, hey, I'm, I'm, I got your back. So yeah. I, I hope that uh, encourages, uh, you know, somebody. Thank you, Hank, for sharing those stories. You know, there are so many just like that, actually. And I don't want to promise that's going to happen exactly the same way to you. Sometimes you do the right thing or sometimes you do something that risks the money and a hard thing happens for a while. Or somebody doesn't hand you cash, but you end up with a a job or something that you earn the money or there's other things that happen. You just have to trust the Lord no matter what happens and God's going to do things. It's hard to get there, though. It's, it's what God wants from us is faith. That's why he doesn't tell us in advance. You ever wonder why when you pray to God, God, what's your will for my life? And sometimes God answers, none of your business. That's because he wants you to have faith. And if he told you everything that was going to happen in your life, if he just explained all of it to you, then you wouldn't have faith. You wouldn't have a need to pray. You would go ahead and just do the right thing because you would already know what the blessing is going to be afterward. God wants us to have faith above and beyond anything else. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to know that he is with us and he wants to be with us. That's a wonderful thing about the Lord is he wants to be with you. And he wants you to trust in him. And that's why there's these blessings. And you're hearing from these callers, these blessings from doing the hard thing at risk and things turning out really well in the long run. All right, I got time for maybe one more here. Uh, Marco and Palos Verdes, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. Um, I just want to make some type of uh, referral with my country, Mexico and United States, uh, how the financial circumstance uh, we're facing right now. For someone like me who's a self-employed, uh, I'm in the fitness field. I was so great on the previous administration. 
And right now, honestly, it's not doesn't look good at all. <clears throat> Plus, I, I can tell right now the people who work for the government, they're gonna be they're okay. They, I can tell you right now because I know a lot of teachers. They're financially okay. They got the check coming in, but self-employed people like me, mm-hmm. we really really struggling. Right yeah, now. it's a hard time. Do you find though that you are? And I'm almost out of time here, Marco. You know, what we're talking about is during those hard times, does it keep you from making the right decision in your business or with your family, the fear of not having the income or the fear of not having the job? Or are you able to make a, the correct choice in how you run your business or your family? I do make the right choice because I know God will bless me. Yeah. And I've tried yes. And that's what we've got to believe no matter what's happening in Washington or the country. You know, we're going to have economic ups and downs and different administrations that do different things. But our trust in the Lord should never change. Uh, Marco, thank you for calling. And uh, God bless you in your business. I hope it turns around for you here uh, quickly and it gets stronger. Uh, You know, it's been such a rough uh, couple of years, these three years in the the COVID and everything that's been a part of that. Um, It's caused, I think, a lot of the fear that we have. The fear was there before, but it's made it so much worse because I think people recognized all of a sudden that things can be just taken away from them all of a sudden. You know, 2020, everybody had their 2020 vision, right? That was the thing, you couldn't avoid it. And, you know, all these vision statements and plans that people had in January of 2020, uh, they were all gone in March of 2020. Um, But your salvation wasn't gone. Your faith in Christ wasn't gone. The gifts of the Lord wasn't gone. Everything that is in the foundation of the kingdom of God, you have forever. And I guess my thought is with this is that in your life, in your church, in your ministry, in your business, with your family, making the right decision is something that will always bring blessing to you. Even if it brings temporary hardship, in the long run, you will be blessed for doing it. Don't let money or the fear of loss get in the way of doing what God actually wants you to do according to his word. All right, we're done for today. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show and get the podcast, kkla.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I will be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.